Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. They have they make these ears, like these ear speakers that you can lick. <laughs> and it's called ear have you have you seen that? <laughs> it's called ear licking ASMR. <laughs> Why like, would you want to do that? People like the sound. And this lady's like making so much money on OnlyFans and she just licks this thing and like and eats Cheetos and shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> just... I say the nay. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you guys didn't know. Mm-mm. Hello and welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies from people not typically depicted in scary movies. Mm -mm, Be about it. So what up? I was uh, wondering if you have a favorite line in a horror movie. I do. I mean, I feel like there are several. Oftentimes the silence in the scary movie is what's most iconic about it or the music cue. You know what I mean? Like the re, 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 re. But I have to say uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, welcome to primetime, bitch. Welcome to primetime, bitch. When he pulls that lady into the TV. Pretty iconic. Fairly iconic. There are a lot of Friday lines. I mean, he does get a little goofy. Like, oh, Rick, you're such a meatball. You know, he, he as he progresses, he gets a little more goofy and less scary. But Dream Warriors, I think, was like right in the middle when he was still a little menacing before he got too goofy. Like him in in uh, the next one in Dream Master, when he he's in the he's in Kristen's dreams, and he gets up to the beach. And he, he has a uh, shark fin and it's his claws. That's when I was like, OK, it's getting a little goofy for me. Oh, yeah. I think it was by part four or four or five. Five was officially like yeah. this is a mess. The dream child. Yeah. Um, for me, okay. So I, my my first idea was stupid, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It's not a horror movie, but it technically kind of is because there is death in it. Um, and there's a scary lady in it. It's uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, and <laughs> and one of the best lines of all time <laughs> is uh, there's these metalheads. David Duchovny shows up as this douchebag. And he wants to get his car parked. And they're like, park it yourself, Metallica breath. <laughs> That's my favorite line. But from a legit true horror movie, I would say, uh, and it, he doesn't say the line, though, is in, it's in Child's Play 2. And he's in Andy's class. And he fucks with his homework. And, and the teacher's going through all the, the class's homework and uh, Chucky writes on in big crayon letters. It says, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that always made me laugh. I think also f- uh, from Get Out, when the dad, I can't remember the actor's name, but he says, by the way, I would have voted for Obama third term if I could. That was <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Bradley, uh, Bradley Whitford. And also um, Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid from The Fly. Mm. That has kind of 
recurred in pop culture. Like, be afraid. Be very afraid. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Or they're here. They're here. That's just an iconic line. Iconic. Okay, so um, Tommy's got a why this bitch ain't dead yet. Mm-hmm. You want to take it away, love? Yeah, so... Why This Bitch Ain't Dead Yet is when somebody lives a little bit too damn long. and This bitch lasted way too long. So Melissa in Friday the 13th New Blood, which this one was initially conceived of to be like a crossover of like Jason versus Carrie. But because of rights issues, they just made some random telekinetic girl coming from out of nowhere, <laughs> uh, gave her daddy issues and voila. Uh, she comes up to Camp Crystal Lake with her mother. I think her name is Tina. She comes up to Camp Crystal Lake with her mother and a therapist, I believe, to kind of confront some of the ghosts of her past because mm-hmm. she killed her father on a dock around there. And she ends up running into a group of teenagers there to have fun, take their tops off, get it in. And she encounters classic mean girl, Melissa. And if this wasn't a scary movie, movie melissa would be the main antagonist like she would be if this wasn't a jason film she would essentially be jason the thorn in the side of tina but but she was but she still was she was the witch with a capital b it was (laughs) she really went for it like i'm like okay we get it god damn like she really did last too long (laughs) she really did she was technically the last kill in the movie yeah and she was a trying ass bitch she got everyone to fight amongst themselves (laughs) she bragged about her pearls yeah she bragged about her oh man and then she tried to get rick like she made fun of tina in order to get rick but ended up turning rick off and like that pissed her off more and then she turned on this one kid and she was like oh i would never want to date with you or whatever she was really entitled like rich bitch yeah. How she died was fun, though. I mean, it was a he freaking smashed that bitch and then threw that bitch into a TV. That's true. That was rude. That <laughs> it was, was rude. really rude. Well, because like um, somehow Melissa had avoided the fact that Jason had killed everybody else. So she was like, I don't know, taking a nap or some shit. She's, you know, self-absorbed. Yeah, that's true. That's actually very true. She didn't know what the fuck was going on with other people because she doesn't live in other people's heads. She does not care about other people. So she comes in the house. It's Tina and Rick. They're the last ones there. Everyone else is dead. Everyone else is slaughtered. And she's just like, what's going on? Oh, I'm getting out of here. And she opens the door. Jason's there. Axe to the head. Throws her into the TV. I was like, well, she's dead now. Which actually, she says, fuck you. Fuck everybody. (laughs) Fuck all this shit or whatever. And then boom, bitch. I mean, she lasted longer than than Maddie, Maddie, who was like the nerdy girl. Oh, I mean, that was just... That didn't have to happen. That was sad. But then, you know, they'd be taking out everybody. I know. But I it's just like, like it, if you're going to take out somebody, like, it, it should have been Melissa. I mean, that's the one we were all waiting for. That's a bit of dramatic tension there. Just wait till the very last kill for her. And I, I felt for Maddie. Maddie was just a little nerd who was, like, trying to get attention from boys. And, like... Yeah, it was unnecessary. And she had to take her shoes off because her heels were hurting too much. And then we, we poured one out for her before, right? I feel like we probably did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, she's <laughs> that's she's tragic. <laughs> and Melissa was also kind of the although we did Lady Gaga first, but like Melissa's character was the one I thought of when I conceived of this section because she is like the ultimate why this bitch ain't dead. Yet. Oh yeah, yeah. All the way to the, the pinnacle, very end. Yeah. yeah, of just bitchiness, so cuntiness. Fuck you very much, Melissa. And Eat rest it. in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so our main discussion topic this week is 
quite unsettling. And this was a Drea pick. I just want everyone to know. Hmm. All right. So we're getting into Mosquito State, which you can currently watch on Shudder. Um, yeah, I typically would not put something like this on, like just the imagery alone. The description alone is like, no, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, um, this takes place during the housing market crash just before it. It's in 2007, but just before the 2008 housing market crash. This is about an, an obsessive Wall Street data analyst, uh, Richard Boca. Who I was calling the young Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, He experiences a psychological breakdown in his penthouse apartment in August of 2007. Um, And also during this time in his apartment, he has allows a mosquito infestation to occur as he's losing his mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, this is a full on body horror film. Uh, It had David Cronenberg like vibes all through it, of course. Um I don't know how I actually made it through it. I was able to make it through it, I think, because it was so beautiful. It was shot so beautifully. It was really a wonder to look at. And, I, you know, I, I kept feeling like um, that the soundtrack had like a Euro vibe to it. Uh-huh. But it, the filmmaker's Polish, so that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the way that the mosquitoes sound... I mean, it is a mosquito buzzing is the most annoying sound in the world, but a swarm of mosquitoes is unsettling. But they made it, you know, for me in the very beginning, I was like, "Uh oh, this sound is going to drive me up the wall. Mm hmm. It became like super soothing, like when the swarm of of the mosquitoes was like flying over their heads and stuff like that. It was like really hypnotic and strange. I got and very itchy. They, Oh, of course. Well, I was I was telling Tommy I uh, I've gotten bit once this year so far, and that's once is once too many, yep. and it ruined my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I get bit, like it shit gets out of control. Like it, my leg swells up like twice its size. It's so bad. So anyway, I was staring at this old mosquito bite, like where I got bit, and I was watching this movie, and then all of a sudden it just started to itch again. Of course, mm. and um, I created new mosquito bites on my body. <laughs> I was just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a crackhead, but (laughs) real itchy right now. (laughs) It was it. It did. You know, as as a story of a psychological meltdown, I melted down psychologically a little bit just because of that noise. And he's like, he transforms grotesquely over the course of the film as he lets these mosquitoes feed on him. Yeah. Well, they what they do is it takes you through the the stages of the mosquitoes. So from the egg to the larvae to I I, I can't remember all the stages, but but it, it's broken down. It's like four chapters. Yeah. 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 And every chapter he's a little bit more grotesque and they fed off of him just a little bit more. And his face is just a little bit more disconjointed. And he goes into work and it's kind of similar to brand new cherry flavor. Like they notice, but kind of don't care Mm -hmm. because he provides a service and that's money. He's making them money. So they're just like, oh, you okay? Because you want a doctor? He like developed the algorithm, I believe. Yeah, he's he's the he is the guy. And yeah, he developed the algorithm. And without him, they're not going to be, you know, they're they're not living the comfortable lives that they've become comfortable with. They ain't shit. Um, Olivier Martinez, I wasn't expecting to see his ass. No, fine ass. I, I have not seen him since he uh, beat up Holly Berry's ex. <laughs> Remember that shit? <laughs> and then she kicked him to the camera. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so gossipy. <laughs> that happened, though, y'all. That happened. I, I was like, 
that I was like, who the fuck? I know this face. Mm-hmm. I know this face. Unfaithful. Yeah. I was like, I've, I've, maybe I have masturbated to this man before. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you and so many other people. <laughs> um, yeah. There's an unlikely romance that develops. There's like a love story that's also built into this. In the background, you're actually watching real news. It's talking about Obama being elected and things like that. And you're seeing like how these Wall Street motherfuckers are actually moving. The news clips were really interesting to me because they were were kind of like the mosquito in the sense that they irritated the fuck out of me because it was all Fox News shit. Mm-hmm. The genesis of what would be Fox News today. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in 2007, I was just I was a young thing. I was like young or my early 20s. I wasn't paying attention to that stuff. I, I was because that shit affected me. And I, you know, and as soon as I could vote. I I made sure I knew my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I stay on top of my I shit. I wasn't. I was just a, a little thought. It you, was like, I was like a tw- older than me. I was like 23. I was like a 23 year old thought in Brooklyn, just trying to get it in. So I wasn't you really have priorities. I wasn't I, really I'm not paying hating. attention. I'm I was not just hating. saying those I, are priorities. I got there, but I was still asleep. You know what I mean? I was still, you know. Um, you know, it's like looking at this film and also kind of like the big short and hustlers to a certain degree that looks back on this period right before. Mm-hmm. the crash mm-hmm. and the things that led up to it i mean the, in hustlers it's like from the stripper's point of view because they have all these like wall street dudes coming in and spending they're a lot of with money those, they're, they're stealing all the money that those motherfuckers are stealing mm-hmm. and so that that's like you know robin hood that's that's robin hood type shit yeah that's fine yeah so what what causes homeboy to, to have his psychological breakdown is because his algorithm works in this precise way and he's very ocd of course and so they know how to manipulate his algorithm. They mm-hmm. don't know how it works, but they know how to how to fluctuate it and whatever else. Um, and he sees it and he's like, what you're doing is illegal and it's going to catch up to us. And he's trying to explain to them, yeah, you're making us money. But that that money is like it's like it's not real. Mm-hmm. And so basically, yeah, they're just like, sure, dude, we're going to keep doing what we're going to do. And the and way that he you're going to just do what you do. The way that he talked about, you know, when he was talking to his secretary, he was blowing up at his secretary. He yelled at her face a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was like talking to her about the amount of trading going on in a day. And he's like, you know, there's like 100, 200 trade, 200 transactions, whatever. And that got me thinking of that. It's a swarm of people mm-hmm. and they're feeding off of him. Yeah. You know, that, that's exactly what that is. So it's blatant but it's also just like a nice nicely put together metaphor of just like yeah these people are like a bunch of festering mosquitoes um my trypophobia was very much triggered by this uh when you saw like the egg pods in the water oh god what is that is that the, 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 you the, the, don't like a compact, hexagonal uh just compact holes close yeah. together I, I can't really deal with that shit um the egg laying took me out it was disgusting yeah and just watching the, like as they got their little thorax that stupid little thorax that's all it takes those little fuckers i also like the the sheet technique in the very beginning because everybody thinks the sheet's gonna work mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you like kick the sheet off in the middle of, of the night and then all of a sudden you're bit in the morning you got a big ass lip or something Oof. that's been me um the colors uh very very liquid sky oh it was so pretty mm-hmm. everything's super red and like warm in his apartment and it, it looks like the apocalypse outside of his apartment the whole time. Um, and then like that ending where he's like underwater. It's like, that was such a trip to there, watch. But it was also like the guardian called it a visual poem to late capitalism. Mm-hmm. I felt that I was like, this is, I mean, not like lemonade, but it was still like um, the images themselves 
you know, like like that that feeling of being submerged when things have gone over your head a little bit, they're out of your control. Like I got that, you know? And so there was like things that, that were done visually that we were just to pick up on that I was really, I felt like it gave credit to an audience member's ability to interpret what he was doing. I, yeah, you said that very well. I, um, you know, like that freaking couch scene in brand new cherry flavor. We don't know what with the shit that went right over my head. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I, I don't get intimidated by movies like that. I just like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> but you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Even even sometimes when I struggled, I was still kind of like, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's with like brand new cherry flavor with that cat with that. It made sense to someone. Yeah. To the creator. And yeah. so I and like the fact that Catherine Keener kind of knew the cat I was like, oh, look what they've done to you. I was like, OK, there, so there's something going on here. Uh, yeah. I was able to put piece it together. And it was like, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm overthinking this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's just like it's just part of the story. If I can along for all this other shit that just went down I, I can talk I can believe that they're talking to a sofa yeah and it's metaphorical significance again is poetic like I'm literally a poet and I don't understand all parts of a poem but I just understand that it has a place and sometimes me not knowing is a part of it because sometimes you I think when we watch films or when I watch movies or whatever and I expect things to be or, or if I was a person who expected things to be laid out for me neatly in a way that I could completely understand that's giving a viewer access to everything. And sometimes a filmmaker, an artist, a writer, a singer, they don't want you to have access to everything. They'll sing a note that you can't sing, you know, or they'll, they'll put something in there that you don't understand. And that's a statement in and of itself. I don't want you to understand this thing. Some things are for me only. And I think that's also beautiful as a creator to watch another creator do. You're like, you're right. I don't, I don't have access to your deepest, darkest thoughts. And I shouldn't. I'm not a mind reader. And I'm not like... A, a colonizer. So yes, keep some things to yourself, you know? When I listen to songs, some people listen to lyrics, some people just listen to the music. I listen to the music. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics, if I happen to pick up on them, you know, they're, they are still secondary to me. Mm. I often, I like, I, I'm the queen of like making up some shit in my head before I actually realize what they're actually saying. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so I I'm I vibe with it. Oh I, I really like the writing too. The writing was when really he, nice. When yeah. he meets the homegirl, the sommelier, yeah. And she's telling him about, you know, how to taste a wine and like smelling it first. And it was so sensual. And the, the TCAs in it. She's like, she's like, what do you smell? What did she say? She was like, it's tainted or whatever. It goes, oh, TCA. And then I was like looking that up on my computer. Like, yeah. Oh, and it's like, this is what happens to wine. if it's. <laughs> I don't really, I'm not like a wino. I never really know what I'm tasting or smelling. It's just like, it's alcohol, right? So we'll just fuck with it. Um, are you a wine person at all? Do you can you smell the top notes? Do you taste nope. it? Nope. <laughs> nope. It's not, not a skill that I have. Nope. <laughs> not a skill that I I'm have. I'm not saying I couldn't. I do have I I have a pretty good palate, but for like food and stuff, I, I really like all kinds of fancy ass shit, but and just good ass seafood and good food. But as I watched that, I was like, I think I could develop an appreciation in a later age for something like that. Um, that was funny when he said that he tasted like stinky socks in it. I was like <laughs> I was like, okay. And I've, I've heard of people tasting like weird ass shit in it. I mean, there's straight up feet in it because they, do they still do it like that? <laughs> do they crush wine with, with just feet or do they use paddles? I bet they don't do it that way anymore. I don't think they do old school shit. <laughs> <laughs> all bunions all up in your shit. I, I find also the process of the film unfolding and the growing annoyance and the frustration. I thought that built nicely. 
and to be honest with you, if it was a straightforward drama, this is what I love about horror, right? It's not a straightforward drama. It has this added element to it, this body horror element to it. If you took that away, it would still be an interesting story, you know? But I like the fact that we get an audiovisual cue to the inner workings of this person's, of the of Richard Boko's, like, world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's an odd-looking fellow. I, I, I liked his appearance. Like, he's so, um, not androgynous, but... He kind of had like a Joey Ramone kind of him and they have that a certain condition. Joey Ramone has something called a giantism or something. Gigantism. Like, gigantism. Yeah, he is. He like before he even started getting the welts on his face, he he looked a little odd. Mm-hmm. You only just look up this actor's height. Oh lord, <laughs> he's like six five. The internet doesn't know. The internet says five eleven. I think that's undercutting it. They made him look, he looked tall as hell. So yeah, um, check out Mosquito State. It's currently playing on Shutter. And I think I have a mosquito in my headphones. (laughs) (laughs) That was rude. So Tommy, our scream queen of the week, your pick. Okay, so... Denai Guerrera as Michonne in The Walking Dead is iconic. Drea, what is your history with Walking Dead? Was it something that you watched? I I don't I have fell I fell off of it. Yeah, I, I stopped watching it years ago. I so. guess it's still on because I still see the bill, billboards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's got a bunch of shows now. It's like spin-offs and there's like an origin story situation going on for some of the characters. I mean, I knew there was Fear the Walking Dead, but I guess there's Walking Dead the Greater World. It has this whole mm-hmm. video game lore like But I, I was just looking on the AMC whatever plus app and it showed me some yeah anyway it was just something i wasn't interested in yeah as i was researching for for this just spoilers hit me left and right and i was like uh well i guess i really don't have to watch anymore yeah the last season i watched it was the season with glenn where he got taken out i think that was a lot of people's last seasons i was still watching it because i had this tradition with my friend nikki shout out nikki um in in brooklyn we would go to this wine bar called videology that had like a screening room in the back every sunday and watch it it was the highlight of our week i mean it was back in those days when it was like that core group of survivors and it was a really special treat and i really looked forward to it and i you know i'd I'd watch it during the week and then i'd catch because there's nothing like watching it live because you know, you watch something like The Walking... This is my experience with Walking Dead anyway, because I loved it. I caught the first season and I was like, this is a revolutionary horror film in the sense that, oh yeah, you don't get to survive with your homies. Sometimes you have to survive with white supremacists. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some, sometimes you have to survive with scrubs. Like you can't... You don't get to pick the people who, who live. Because in, in like the utopic post-apocalyptic movies, it was like group of friends who survived together. So it was like, this was like an interesting flavor and innovation on that. And... I think a lot of people got taken off by the second season because it was just a little bit too long and it was at that farmhouse for way too long. But like I, I stuck with it. I did too. But it was too long. It was trying. It was trying. <laughs> so when we when we meet Michonne is after that season. I think I kept with it because they introduced Michonne. Because at the end of that, she saves Andrea after like after the zombies invade the farm and everyone kind of gets split off in their own directions. She saves Andrea. They spend the winter, although we never get to see this. They spend the winter surviving together and Michonne opens up. But initially she's shown as like this hooded figure with a fucking samurai sword and two zombies in chains. 
And we let her find out that that was her husband and her brother. And she had this whole thing with a baby and like her life pre-apocalypse was like very warm and open. And then she turned into this shell of a character because she lost everyone who she cared about and eventually becomes, you know, kind of a co-leader of the group with Rick and opens up to this group of survivors. And that really, you know, she starts to care about these people and we start to care about Michonne's character a little bit more. I mean, I was always protect Michonne at all costs. Mm -hmm. She is the baddest ass on that show. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Glenn... Uh, uh, what's his name oh god norman reedus's character yeah that norman reedus yeah, whatever whatever he he oh he has a bow that's cool that's cute whatever you can kill them from a while away mm-hmm. michonne has to be up in their faces yeah yeah you got to see the guts with michonne mm-hmm. and her sword play is second to none she owns even with a bad wig yeah <laughs> <laughs> even with a bad wig yeah and I think they did her wig wrong. I'm just I have to say that they could have done all that money, mm-hmm. all that money. Mm-hmm. Initially, she's a little bit of an antagonist to the group. They like when they're at the prison, they kind of like have their eyes on her. But then, you know, she proves in her badassery and her sword fighting skills and her chopping down to the zombies and all that kind of stuff that she is an asset. She is a team player. And eventually she I don't know if you got to this part yet, but she ends up hooking up with Rick. Uh, yeah, I, that was that was before Glenn got killed. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, again, I saw all the way up to Glenn getting killed. And that's was he all your, I... Was he your dude? Who? Glenn. Nah, nobody who was my dude on that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe the dad. The dad was kind of my dude, He because the dad's a daddy. Mm-hmm. So, I, I could get with that. But yeah, I honestly, I the things that stick out of my head is like when, was it Andrea's dad when he got killed by that one crazy sheriff in that other town the governor the governor Mm -hmm. that i remember that and i think that's when they were living in that town together and that's when they were playing house and then homeboy came in with um negan yeah you know he's a trump voter right no sorry he's so cute though he used to be until i heard (laughs) that (laughs) you're right you're right you're right you know i didn't i didn't in looking her up I didn't see anything, so I don't know if her status is still alive or deceased. I don't know. But the point at which I stopped watching The Walking Dead, she was still alive. And therefore, she's a scream queen in my mind. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering, too. I'm like, is she still alive? But they would like the nerve if they even tried to kill her off. Like, they they can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I could see Denai obviously wanting to do other things. I think she left the show, like literally in the show, and it blended into Black Panther. And that's that she be, she moved mm. to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Yep, she moved yep, to Wakanda yep, yep, and she yep. became Okoye, the leader of the Wakandan traditionalist uh, tribe. And that's... that's the Dora who, Milaje. The Dora Milaje. I loved my favorite... Dora fa- Milaje. My favorite scene in, the, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier is when Homeboy gets taken out by the Dora Milaje. Like that. Like, it wasn't even a question. Like, they took out the new Captain America, a.k.a. U.S. agent. And he was like, you better. They weren't even screaming, Scream, though. And it's like, they queen. were the best warriors on the planet. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> Episode two or three. And when that when those chicks, whenever they show up, it's it's on. It's on. And Wakanda forever. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for that. I cannot wait. And, you know, Denai's going to be doing her thing up in that. And Michaela Cole's going to be in it, too. Okay. Yeah. They cast her. Oh, beautiful. I don't know what as. She, I mean, she... See, I, she's going to be, what does she look like? Yeah. <laughs> she looks like she, she could be on the tribe. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's going to be on the door Milaje. What if they introduce Storm in that movie and it's Michaela Cole? No. Storm is, she doesn't have Storm energy. She has something. She has like, she, she deserves her own character. Mm. Like they got to make her, her something else. Mm. Like Michaela is that kind of special. Like she's like a, I don't want her to be a bad girl. No, I don't either. 
She'd be good as, ba- as a bad person, though. So Michonne was definitely my favorite character in The Walking Dead. I think she was the most distinct one. And, you know, she, you, like, you know, when she came on screen, heads were literally going to roll. Like, I had every confidence in Michonne as a character being able to take out people. So for that reason, and because I don't know if she's dead yet, because I'm not current on the show, Michonne, you're a screen queen this week. All right. <laughs> really we do it every week I know. <laughs> you know we know y'all's names uh shit one more time yeah, yeah. scream queen is brought to you by alexander de palma and kenya denise at domino sound my name is drea washington you can find me at hey girl hey that's h-e-y g-r-l h-e-y I'm Tommy Pico, Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram because I deleted Twitter. And you can find us on the gram at Scream Queen Podcast. And you can email us at ScreamQueenPodcast at gmail.com. And in the scary movie of your life. You better. Scream Queen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 